Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life. Last time we were talking about, still working off the idea of the man in the boat, but we all we included the scientific aspect of it, that the idea that there has to be an original cause, and not only does there have to be an original cause, but that original cause has to be uncreated, has to be eternal, has to be un, has to be though the effect of uh, causing the effect of everything else that happens and follows cannot himself be caused and that's a great point it's an amazing point and it and, and it's very valuable and important for us to know <clears throat> however it doesn't it doesn't tell us anything about the nature of that cause and that's why all through history i don't care how far back you go it's really only recently that the idea of there's that you know that science one of the one of its claims has been to negate god it's almost like okay there was a you know there was a, a long time ago in a land far away people believed in a god or pe- people believed in a creator but we know better now science will tell you through our observation of the created order, which is absolutely silly, think about it. We've we've observed the things that have been created, and through that observation, we have determined that nothing caused them. Or actually, what we do claim to be the cause was a bang. Um, <laughs> that was uncaused. So, I mean, it's ridiculous because obviously a bang couldn't be eternal. So there had to have been something eternally there to have caused that bang. Even if it was building up to a bang, that build up had to have been eternal. Or otherwise it was caused by something else. But today we're going to talk about a different idea. That if you go back through history, you're always going to find people who believed in a God. I mean, you know much chagrin to a lot of Christians, Abraham worshipped the moon. But if you go all through history, if you go back to the Egyptians, they worshipped the sun. And you can find the idea all the way through that man always believed that there had to have been a cause, that this just couldn't have made itself, that what they experienced and what they knew could not have just originated itself. So that's why, and the term theist. Now, theist, you're going to know as a Christian, the term theology simply means like biology or you know, methodology or philosophy. It's a, theo, theo is, a, is God. So theology is the study of God or the things of God. Now, a theist is somebody who believes that there was a God. That back of everything, like we've determined, they realize something must have caused the original event. It must have caused the original effect. So therefore, now they didn't know who it was, 
They didn't know who it was. They simply knew that it was there. There had to be. Uh, in our time, we don't, you know, we don't believe, <laughs> people don't believe that anymore. They just, oh, it's big, big. So the most important question, the most important question that you could ever ask is, well, how did this happen? Like, <laughs> where did this come from? And the, and the entire scientific community, the entire, the entire atheistic position is, bang, you know, you could you could start anything that way, right? I mean, seriously, it's not just like, it's like you know, um, you know, a couple of kids are playing, and they made a mess of their room, and they got a hold of the sugar or something, and it's all over their bedroom, and the mom comes in and. And they go, and the mom goes, okay, so what happened here? And they just go, bang. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, when you think about it, and I've thought about it a lot. I haven't thought about it recently. That's why I'm getting such a kick out of it. When you think about it like that, you realize, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, seriously, are these people in charge of something? Really? I mean, come on. That's, you know, the entire determination of my son looks up at the skies and stars and stuff like that. It's amazing. So he, I can't remember any of the distances in that. It's, I like looking through his, his telescope, but I don't know much about. I mean, when you get a hold of some of, some of the distances involved, my goodness! Like he was telling me, we were looking at one night at Saturn and Jupiter, and like I could see this, and I thought, why is that planet that shape? And he goes. Oh, here, hang on. And he dialed it in. It was the rings around the planet. They were just a tiny, because it moves, right, so quickly. It was it moves across very quickly because it's so far away. And and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Those are the rings around this planet. We're here. And he's telling me how far it is. And I'm like, oh, my. That just happened. Bang. You know, this round planet up there with these rings around it. Just bang, you know. So uh, forgive me if I'm having a if I'm having a bit of a chuckle. I it, it just it you know. Wait, I remember before I was a believer, when I heard. I mean, it just like what? Like that's that's it. So moving off of that, so you know, as a as people always believed that. You know, they didn't believe there was a bang. They believed that something caused that bang. There was, you know, and you all go all through Greek mythology, and you go all through the empires, the Egyptians, the Medo-Persians. They, they all had their gods. They all believed that there was a god. Now, what was the distinctiveness of all of those gods? Remember, we're still on the theme of the man in the boat. He catches this fish, the fish goes back, but the fish really saw the saw the man in the boat, and he's telling the other fish the story of the man in the boat, but he can't really tell them anything about it. So he believes he saw the man in the boat, but I mean, you know, didn't say anything to him, didn't do anything at all. He just escaped, and away he went. And we've touched on cause and effect. But now here's the distinctiveness of Christianity. Because when you talk about the man in the boat, it doesn't prove that it's the Christian God. We're going to, in this story, the man in the boat is God. But it doesn't prove it's a Christian God. 
what is the distinctiveness of the of that proves that there's a that the god the man in the boat is a christian god that yahweh the god of all creation him who sits upon the heavens high and lifted up that he's that he's how do you know when you go back and and i spent some if you look at the egyptians and how they worship the sun and how they had their gods and if you look at the even the children of Israel, that's where they made the calf when they got into the problem. They'd seen that in Egypt. The calf, the bull that marched across the universe was very distinctive in, in Egyptian religion. So the Jews, having spent 400 years there, the first thing they did when they got into the promised land, or when they got into the wilderness, the first thing they, they did was, well, you got to make a god. And they were given this goat, this, uh, sorry, this bull credit for delivering them. So that concept and that idea, it's very, very common. But how do you know if, how can you get the, that God couldn't communicate with them. That's what I'm trying to say. And you go through all of these gods, the Medo-Persians and, and you go through all of them and all down through history, none of them could communicate. So the distinctiveness is you could never know that the, what the man in the boat wanted, what the man in the boat intended, if the man in the boat never communicated. The man in the boat would have to communicate. If he didn't communicate, how would, you wouldn't know anything about him. I mean, with a non-communicating God, the God of the Egyptians or, you know, the gods of any other peoples, the moon God that Abraham worshipped could have been right. How would you know? What would, what would the distinctiveness be? How could anyone say that their God was the God? This cause, this original eternal cause that we're talking about, I mean, you could see Moses or Noah's, uh, sorry, Abraham's thinking of looking at this, this glowing orb up in the sky. Just, you know, the, the idea of light shining in darkness. I mean, the, the sun shone, sure, it was really bright, but it was daytime. This thing, this is nighttime. And this light, where's the light? Where's the energy? Where's the source coming from for this? You could see the logic behind it. But everything from that point on, Abraham would have to make up. And I'm going to say that you could have, let's say, 15, 20 communities back then, 15, 20 miles apart. And they let's say they all worship the moon. The methods or the or the procedures or the, the practices that they would engage in in their moon worship would vary. One tribe would be completely different than another tribe. For one tribe, this shape of moon, a full moon, quarter moon, whatever, crescent moon, they would all mean different things. They could come up with their own understanding and their own idea. And how would anyone be more right than the other? How would anyone be more right than the other? They wouldn't know because what all of those ideas have in common, what all of the gods back throughout the ages have in common is they didn't communicate. God said, you know, you worship gods, you worship statues, you worship idols that are carved in stone and carved of wood. They have legs and they can't walk. They have hands that can't pick anything up and they have mouths that can't speak. 
And just think back of those times. Just think back of the different gods and the different idols and that they, you know, the, you know, the Philistines worship Dagon, this half fish, half man God, you have fins for hands. They just made stuff up. Well, of course, because there's no way to know because Dagon couldn't communicate. So you have the man in the boat and he catches the fish, but there was no communication. And we can establish that the man in the boat, if being God, the original cause, must be eternal. So now you have a, you have a philosophical or with a or with a with a scientific confirmation that the original cause would have to be eternal, but you know nothing else besides that. There's nothing else that you could know. Without communication directly from that being entity idea you would have no way and not only that but worse like i said before every single person that engaged with it would come up with its own different set of prep what if one decided you know what the right way to do when it's full moon you kill everybody you find you go to all the other tribes and slaughter them and what if that what if that tribe before you know before they were slaughtered believed that every time there's a full moon you're supposed to take you know the you know the best of your best of your herbs and spices to your down to the other guys and give it to them how would you know it would all be made up it would all be made up and if you go through and you study some of the history of religion in these times they were made up they were very much made up and you look at the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness and they made the calf. What did they know about God? Very little. They knew very little about him. Then Moses is called up the mountain and God does what? He communicates to Moses. He communicates to Moses. So now I want you to picture the man in the boat. He catches that fish. The fish comes up. But let's say the, the man in the boat could speak the language of fish. So now when he goes back down and gets away, that fish goes down. And he tells his friends and his family and then the, the bureaucrats about his experience. He could add something to that story. He could add something to the story besides what he saw. He could also include what he heard. Because that man in the boat spoke to him in a language that he understood. So God wrote out initially the Ten Commandments and he gave it to the people. And now you have a communication connection between God and man. The problems we ran into the other Examples of worship in the moon, for example, 15 different tribes, 15 miles apart. They're all going to come up with some different idea or some different system or procedure or whatever you want to call it for, for what the different stages of the moon represent. Now that problem's eliminated. You've got better than a million people. We don't know how many came out in the Exodus, but let's say better than a million people. And they all have one directive. They all have one form of communication. And that communication is from God. So now God is speaking 
to the nation of Israel. I want to point out that the other nations didn't know anything more about God than, than they did before. That direct divine communication to them was unique to them. If they were then to have taken that, just let's say they just went into the promised land on their own, just broke off and just walked into the promised land and started telling people in different communities about this communication that they've received from God that thou shall not kill and etc. etc. an eye for an eye. You know, that, that one, that one, that alone, because <laughs> I want to, the law, believe it or not, I'm not we're going to get into this very much in the future, but the, I want to say it right now, because that's a verse. The law was a, put a restrictor on human behavior initially. It ultimately, it, it, it's life. There's no doubt about it, but it's a restrictor. I mean, fulfilled in that, it says an eye for an eye. Reason why? What? Because someone took out the eye, they slaughtered half the tribe. Someone took one of your goats, you killed all his goats. Back then, retribution, reciprocity was total, was severe. God just simply said, and he knew that that wasn't going to fly. He couldn't just say, forgive them. What? So he said an eye for an eye. So he brought what uh, he brought a reciprocity, a revenge level or a retribution from an extreme down to a civilized level. Not his will. His will was to forgive. His will was, if man strikes you on his one cheek, you turn and offer him the other. The idea, the the ultimate was not yet, because we're talking about a progressive communication. God didn't download the Encyclopedia of God Britannica to them, and show them the depths of who they were to become, in the first form of contact. They couldn't be first of all, because you had to be born again. You had to have a new spirit inside of you, and you have to have the flow of the Holy Spirit bringing to you the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ to ever live above the fall that Adam created. So that was not going to happen. He put a human restriction upon human beings, an eye for an eye. He limited their reactions. He limited their, he limited their, he ultimately he created a, a, a system that had a legal code, that had a financial code, that had an environmental code, that had an agricultural code. He put into, he basically formed them into a civilization, a nation that was a civilized nation. That was the initial response. But you think about if they had gone to, if someone from there had gone to one of the other, let's say he'd gone to the Philistines at that time, or gone into Canaan and, 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 and interacted with, with, you know, the Syrians and told them about this communication. They were, this God came down on this mountain, the mountain shook and all the rest. What do you think they would have thought? What do you think he would have thought? It would, and you would have said, you know, an eye for an eye. I said, oh, okay, here we go. Oh, so if I, you know, the, the results of that would have been catastrophic. And not only that, because just like the fish, if they had heard communication, that one fish had heard communication from the man in the boat and went down and spoke to the other fish, they would have laughed at him. So communication is vital, but the communication in a way that had to be understood by the people at the level that they were at. Okay? So... Thank you. This is part one of the communication aspect of it. Um, thank you for joining me today on His Light and Life. And we're going to pick up.
the communication of God, communication, quote, of the man in the boat to the fish in our next episode. Thank you for joining me today, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.